0: Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best books directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Carrie Smith, the author of Silent City, the first book in the Claire Codella Mystery Series, which was released in October. Carrie, welcome.
1: Hi, Stephen. Nice to be with you today.
0: It's great to chat with you. Did I pronounce Claire's name right? Is it Codella? A lot of people do pronounce it that way, but it's really... Cadella. Ah, okay, all right. And it's funny when you when you read something, you just have it in your own mind as to what it is, and it, that becomes what it is. <laughs> and,
1: and, and you know what? And that's fine.
0: Absolutely fine. <laughs> well, tell us about Claire because she's a she's an interesting character, and she's dealing with uh, some of her own burdens.
1: She is. She is. And in the, in this first of the uh, of what will hopefully be a very long series. Um, Claire is just coming back. In fact, the the book opens on her very first day back on the job in the NYPD. She is a detective. um, And she has just finished a very long battle with cancer, with lymphoma. And she comes back having to pretty much prove that she's still relevant, that she's still got what it takes. So she has a lot of there's a lot of backstory in this book. And for those people who may have been through a struggle like that, they're going to see a lot of, of um, you know, things that they're they're familiar with.
0: So that's the burden that she carries. And it's interesting for me. I have not been through anything like that, but I've watched my mother go through it. And so much of what went through Claire's mind in terms of what's happening and what she has to deal with and would this come back or would that come back uh, was interesting because it gave me a, a different perspective on what had happened with, with my mother. And it's it, it really it, it's something that I haven't read before in a, in a book like this.
1: No, and either have I. And I, I will say that there's, you know, there's a personal backstory here too. I have not myself, um, you know, had cancer, but my partner has. So, so I, I really came at this with a lot of personal observation and experience. So there, there is a certain intensity to it that is very real.
0: And you've mentioned backstory a few times, but like. All great books, you introduce it slowly, so it's not like the book starts off with backstory. It's just the backstory is just interjected from time to time, and the book starts off it essentially. You know, she wakes up, she answers the phone, and it's it's time to time to go to work after this yep. long period off, and then there are all these things she's got to deal with, and there's a murder victim, and la di da di da. So let's let's talk about the, sort of the storyline for the book. Great,
1: great. So the the storyline is that there is a dead. Uh, New York public school principal his name is Hector Sanchez and he is a kind of a maverick public school principal who wants to improve his school and um, you know he's got his fans he's got his detractors and he's got a personal life that that you start to learn about as the book goes on but there he is he's lying in his um, his upper West side apartment um, kind of laid out in an interesting kind of way like a <laughs>
0: um I don't know how much I should give away. It's pretty you know it's the first it's, that's pretty early in the book. I don't think you're giving anything away.
1: But anyway, he's been sort of staged to look like Christ on the cross. And um you know, as you start to get delve into his life with Claire, you find out um why this might be. And you know, he has been profiled in a New York magazine as the savior of his public school savior of PS seven, seven, seven. And, um, you know, and it goes on from there.
0: Now you live in New York city and your, your website, I love this, this domain. I mean, your, your website address is Carrie yes, dot I'm, I'm guessing carrysmith.com wasn't available, but that's a pretty good second choice.
1: No, I really, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. You know, the, the NY, uh, the NYC, label didn't become available until about a year ago, and I jumped on it as soon as I could. I had already tried to get .com,
0: but no, that's, that's not available. <laughs> your name's not that unique. <laughs>
1: no, it's not.
0: <laughs> but you're dealing with, the, to a certain extent, you're dealing with New York City schools. You've lived in New York City for a while. In living in New York City and observing the school system, what were you able to, to pull from your personal experience to bring into the book?
1: Well, I mean, I do have two children. They're they're now seniors in high school, but they did not go to the public schools. They actually went to private schools.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I work. Um, the other thing is that I am a publisher of a uh, of a literacy publishing company. in in New York. It's called Benchmark Education Company. So I've worked with public school teachers and administrators for the past 20-some years, Mm -hmm. and I feel very close. I know what the struggles of of public school education are, and I did want to infuse that. And now with the whole issue of, you know, and the debate over the Common Core standards and how we're supporting children, and I know a lot about that. So it was a great, you know, it was a great microcosm in which for me to, to do this first mystery.
0: And why did you decide to write a mystery? You've written before, but, but not a mystery. Why why did you decide to go into this genre?
1: Well, you know, I, I, am older than, you know, voices don't tell your age, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm like 57 years old.
0: Yeah. You're a pup.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I wrote, I wrote my first novel though when I was I, I, it was published when I was 22,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was a literary novel that I, I wrote during college. And, you know, I came to New York shortly after that. I, um, I tried to write another novel, and, and you know, I, I, I did the freelance life and and tried to be a writer for a couple of years, and it didn't really work. When I was 30, I got my first full-time job, and um, I kind of moved on, you know, and I, I always loved to write. I always felt sort of like I was a has-been by the age of 25 (laughs) and I told myself as my kids got older and and I started to be able to focus a little bit more on, on my own interests that I was going to go back to this and that I was going to get published again. That If it was the last thing I did in my life, I was going to get another book published and not be a husband. And I thought, you know, I, I, Along the way, I became very much a fan of P.D. James, mm-hmm. and what I loved about and, and still love about P.D. James' books is that she is a literary writer. As much as we, as much as she's a genre writer, wonderful mysteries, she's a stu- student of human, you know, human nature and character characterization, and she she manages to use the the mystery medium to, to, to be a really fine writer and that's kind of I, I thought the, the mystery genre really allows you to be literary and to, um, to to make commentary on some some very interesting social and emotional and you know political issues of the times and to to, 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 to do something fairly meaningful so you know I, it, I want it to be entertaining but I also want it to be, Really, just good writing
0: It's funny that you mention uh, allow allows the writer to make commentary on The Times because that's one of the things that that drew me into the genre. Uh, many, 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 many years ago when I first started reading crime novels, the, the best authors uh, of the day had something to say. And they said it through their characters in a way that was much more meaningful than if they just said it themselves. And, 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 and you're right. It's something that a lot of crime authors don't take the opportunity to explore. So it's always, it's always a pleasure when you read something, when someone takes advantage of that platform to do that.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, for me, it, it's it, to, for me, New York City is a great platform as well, because um, in with, within this city, the whole issue of diversity, the issue of different kinds of people that you can bring together and the kinds of social issues that you can address are rich.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've tried to do a little bit of that in
0: Silent City. Let's talk for a minute. You mentioned that, that you have been in publishing for a number of years. You wrote your first book prior to age 25, and then at the still young age uh, that, that you were at when, when this book was published, um, you had gone through the process of writing, uh, finding a publisher, and and publishing the book. What about that process surprised you or, or was was much different than you expected?
1: Well, it was very different from my first effort at this because um, when I when I had my first book published, I never even really was attempting to get anything um, in print. I I was called up by an agent, and I, I you know I did nothing. Um, whereas the the second time, it was all about me marketing myself, putting mm-hmm. myself out there. Attempting to get an agent interested in it, going through the process of rejections, and and you know, I wrote one whole mystery before Silent City, you know, came into being. I wrote a different iteration of that book, and kind of ended up um, kind of bringing them together, these two different versions. But you know, it was it was a learning experience. I was kind of learning my way through a new genre, and you know, the market, the the whole publishing world has changed so much it's it's really much more social media driven and um you know who are you and what is your platform and how what what are, what can you bring to the equation so this is a very different experience now and i approached it very differently because i was 22 and i knew nothing mm-hmm. and now you know, I've been in the corporate world, I've been in the entrepreneurial world for a long time, and I feel a certain, you know, like this is just another business. And when I am home alone at night and writing, that's that's writing, but when I'm trying to get published, that's that's just really business, and you have to have a thick skin, and you have to be able to deal with rejection and deal with feedback and accommodate and make adjustments in order to, to have a product. I mean, this is a product.
0: Mm-hmm. And and you are a brand now, and that's, that's one of the things that I don't remember when I first came across the cover for your book. Uh-huh. Uh, it was months ago, because it was just something that I saw, and I thought, oh, that's interesting, and then I saw it again a couple months later, and then I saw it again, and, and then when I saw the book was going to be published, I, I reached out to see if we could do this interview. It, it was just something that was so well done, the brand was so coherent with the story, um, that it just—I I knew this was going to be a really well done book without having read a word of it, oh, and uh, I, I was—I was just curious about that. So, I mean, you put yourself out there well in advance of the book being published as as a brand. Was that a hard thing for you to do?
1: Well, I, you know, uh, I mean, hard? No, it, it was work. Definitely was work. Um, I, I didn't have a website until last. Um, last March, I didn't have a Facebook presence until last March. I'd never even been on Facebook until last <laughs> March. So, You know, I've tried to do a lot in a little bit of time in terms of build up an audience and you know communicate with people on a regular basis because it, it is it's important to um, to do that. But I enjoy every moment of it. Really, it's it's, it's great. Now, let me say something about the brand and about. Mm-hmm. Book cover and I, I, you know, my publisher is Crooked Lane Books, and they're a brand new imprint. Matt Martz is the is the editorial director, and I have to credit him on seeing the opportunity in this series for for a brand um, that that cover I thought was brilliant, mm-hmm. and I've already seen the cover for the next book. Um, can I? Can I tell you a little bit
0: about that? I, I would love it, but before we do i mean let let me just throw out one more thing about the brand because you had this color scheme for the cover, mm-hmm. and the color scheme carried through to your website and it actually carried through to your author photos. I mean it was just extraordinarily well done
1: Oh thank you, thank you well and i had a I had a great um, photographer take my picture. He happens to be a friend mm-hmm. um, who i 've known. Through my son is a soccer player and um, Richard Corman's son is also a soccer player. But Richard Corman was Madonna's photographer back <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> uh,
0: that, that's he, pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he, he used to he did um, Madonna's um, rooftop photos in the 1980s when she was living on, in the East Village. But mine mm-hmm. mine's not nearly quite as um, as edgy as hers. <laughs>
0: All right. Yes. Now let's talk about what's coming up next, because you you published this back in October. The rush of having recently published something is probably coming to an end. You've probably you're either have finished or close to finishing the next book in the series. I bet.
1: You know, I just turned it in on Monday.
0: Oh, congratulations!
1: Thank you very much. Um, I think it needs. You know, I think the ending could use a little more. yeah, it, just, it needs to be smoothed out because you know I, I rushed through it. I but I wanted to get it in, you know, and and we'll have time to 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 smooth and. Mm-hmm. But um, it's called Forgotten City, and uh, I'm I'm very excited. I've already seen the cover; it looks great. This is the City series, as you can see. <laughs> so we move from Silent City to Forgotten City. Uh huh
0: so you you've turned the book in, and i I think a lot of a lot if, if people listen to this show a lot, they understand the publishing cycle uh which is which is sometimes you know you're a book ahead, sometimes even two books ahead, and it it's It it has to be interesting to talk about a book that you've written. You probably finished writing, or at least finished the first draft a couple of years ago, and you just finished the next book in the series, and then you've got to go back and talk about the story of the first book, and I I can see how that could be confusing.
1: Well, you know, I mean, yeah, you do have to keep in mind what happened in which book, and... um, But... I feel so intimately connected to this character at this point that I feel like, you know, our lives are entwined. So I really don't have a problem doing that. And um, I'm already starting to think about the third one to, just to get myself going. What, what's interesting is, you know, with the first one, with the first book in a series, you have kind of forever to write it. Yes. you Um And then the second one. Uh, you know, I remember Matt Mart saying the second one is the hardest one to write because you're suddenly on a schedule, and you really, you know, you have a due date,
0: and there so, are real expectations because people have read the first book.
1: Yes, exactly, and and you're not really used to yet producing on that kind of time frame, So it, it, this one was the challenge. I think the next one will be actually easier. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> and when will you start that? Will you start that? You've just shipped this one off. So are you going to take a break and, and wait for it to come back and, and work on revisions? Or are you, are you um, going to get started on the third one?
1: I'm going to get started on the third one. You know, even if it's just in the form of taking notes and thinking, I've already started to think about it. Um, and then when the, when the revision process starts, then I'll take a break and do that.
0: All right. Now, one one last question on geography. Is, is New York City the best place in the world to launch a book?
1: You know, I mean, I, I, I've never launched a book any—well, I've launched a book in Michigan when I lived in Michigan. But cl- clearly this is a great place to launch a book because you have so many readers and there are so many venues to— um, to go and meet and touch the the reader. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had a great book launch down at the Mysterious Bookshop, which was wonderful.
0: And there just aren't very many bookstores like that in the country. There are a few, but there aren't. I mean, that's just great to be able to stay in town and and use a facility like that.
1: Exactly. It was terrific.
0: Carrie, where can people find the book?
1: Well, people can find signed copies at the Mysterious Bookshop. Um, it's obviously available at Amazon. I know that I live on the Upper West Side and Barnes and Noble has many copies because I make sure they do. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, any of your online book, booksellers will have it. And, and um, again, I, I always like to support the indie bookstores. So Mysterious Bookshop has been great to me and Um, I just went down and signed a whole second slew of books so if anybody wants to sign one it's available at their website. Uh, Ah
0: neat and if you don't happen to be in New York City and and you have a favorite indie bookstore if they don't have a copy of Silent City they can get one for you. Absolutely. And what's the best place for people to find you online? You've, You've talked about building this presence that you started back in March. What's the very best place?
1: Well, um, my website Carriesmith.nyc, or my Facebook author page,
0: Carrie Smith author. Well, Carrie, it has been a delight to chat with you. I, I really enjoyed your book and I wish you the best with this series. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. This is Stephen Campbell for crimefiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you do pop by the website, please sign up for the email list. I send out an email each Friday with a summary of the week's interviews. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books like Silent City from Carrie Smith. Thanks for listening.